Welcome to Civics and Coffee. My name is Alicia and I am a self-professed history nerd. Each week, I'm going to chat about a topic on U.S. history and give you both the highlights and occasionally break down some of the complexities in history and share stories you may not remember learning in high school, all in the time it takes to enjoy a cup of coffee. Hey everyone! Surprise! As you'll hear a bit more about on Saturday, I'm dropping a few bonus episodes this month. And if you follow the pod on Twitter, you'll know that I put out a call a few weeks back asking for suggestions on what to cover this month. And one of my dear followers, Peter, suggested an episode on the tremendous impacts women have made to the field of computing and programming. And let me tell you, they contributed a lot. I, like I imagine many others, was not aware of just how much women were the face and force behind the first computers and software programming. So this bonus episode is dedicated to all the women who paved the way for our iPhones, video game consoles, and laptops. Let's dive in, shall we? Grab your cup of coffee, peeps. Let's do it. Before we dive into some of the technical terms this episode requires, I thought it would be worth providing some context for any of you out there who only know how to turn on your electronics. Don't fret, I am right there with you. Before it was a reference to your desktop or laptop, the term computer initially signified someone who was able to make calculations. If you've seen the movie Hidden Figures, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. All those women who worked for NASA were computers human computers, who were able to accurately calculate the flight path for the Mercury program. So when I talk about the first computers, I'm talking about the women who were able to do complex mathematical calculations to figure out everything from astronomy to missile trajectories. A coder is someone who creates code from one language to another, or acts like a translator, and is a subset of the larger classification of programming. And programmers tend to develop machine-level programs that can be implemented in a system and is the process of formally writing codes so human inputs correspond to a matching output and remain in sync. So you type out an email and your keyboards actually type out the words you want it to say. This is all done on software or the interior facets of the computer. Hardware is, of course, the physical components of the computer. Think monitors, keyboards, hard drive, so on and so forth. Where software is what you actually use to enjoy your time on the hardware. So think of Microsoft Suite as an example of software we use all the time. As I will cover in this episode, programmers have come a long way from producing code via punch cards to typing actual commands into computers. Now, full disclosure, this was my rudimentary, basic Bachelor of Arts in History understanding of the differences. Please do not be mad, my dear friends in the programming field, if I misspoke. I parsed this together through what I could understand from the various articles I read. So now that I've provided some basic foundation, let's talk about the women who created and ruled the game. While I normally tend to focus on United States history on this podcast, this topic actually necessitates that I give credit where credit is due and shed some light on Ada Lovelace, an English mathematician who holds the title of first programmer. While that term didn't actually exist when she was alive, 
It describes, in essence, exactly what she did. Lovelace, the daughter of famed poet Lord Byron, was born on December 10, 1815, and in 1833, at the age of just 18, met Charles Babbage, an inventor who was trying to design an analytical engine which would execute commands and store information in its memory. Lovelace wrote an algorithm that would allow the engine to calculate the Bernoulli sequence of numbers, and she was not shy touting her own accomplishments, saying, quote, that brain of mine is something more than merely mortal, as time will show, end quote. Rock on, girl. Unfortunately, Babbage never built his machine, and Lovelace died young, at just 36, in 1852. For human computers, the earliest name I could find belonged to a lady who assisted in predicting the return of Halley's Comet, French astronomer and mathematician Nicole Ren Etable de la Brière Lepout. I think that's how it's pronounced. Lepout worked with other human computers in 1757 to divide large calculations into small pieces, work their individual equation, and then put them back together in one large calculation to check for errors. But for the United States, the first human computer I could find is Anna Winlock, who worked with a female group known as the Harvard Computers in 1877, calculating astrological findings. Winlock is considered to have made the most complete catalog of stars near the North and South Poles during her lifetime, and made significant contributions to the Astromiche Gesselash catalog. I'm pretty sure I butchered that one and I do apologize. The first woman to earn a degree in electrical engineering is Edith Clark. She is also the first to be professionally employed in the role of engineer, being hired by General Electric in 1923 as a full engineer. If you ever took geometry or trigonometry or really any math that required a graphing calculator, you can thank Miss Clark, who filed a patent for the graphing calculator in 1921. In the 30s, Mary Clem, a mathematician and human computer, invented the concept of zero check, which is a technique used to identify errors in coding still utilized today. Women were involved in electronic computer work as early as World War II, using the machines primarily to break enemy code. And it was in the 40s that digital computers first became a practical reality. The first computers were far cries from the things we carry around in our pockets today, they were big and bulky, filling entire rooms and had thousands of parts and vacuum tubes in order to properly ventilate, and getting the thing to turn on was seen as an engineering marvel. Can you guess who dominated the field of developing the hardware? If you guessed men, you would be correct. Men saw the hardware as the more prestigious and challenging part of computer development, and therefore were disinterested in the software side of the house. The first programmable computer named the Electronic Numerical Integrator and Computer, also known as ENIAC, weighed in at 30 tons and was first introduced in 1946. The ENIAC was intended to perform complex operations, such as loops, branches, and subroutines. I'm not entirely sure I know what that means. In order to perform these tasks, it had to be programmed accordingly. And since programming was seen as secretarial work, the job was handed off to the women. Kathleen McNulty, Jean Jennings, Betty Snyder, Marilyn Westcoff, Frances Bylas, and Ruth Lichterman were the brains behind the ENIAC's abilities. It was the ENIAC women, incidentally, 
who discovered software never works correctly the first time, and that the job of a programmer is to find and fix the bugs. One of the programmers, Betty Snyder, discovered the idea of a breakpoint, when you can stop a program midway through its run and fix the bugs. This is something programmers still use to this day. Another achievement of the ENIAC women was a program in 1946 that could calculate missile trajectories. Of course, when it was presented to the public, only the men were present and failed to thank or even mention the women responsible for the program. Gertrude Blanche led the Mathematics Tables Project from 1938 to 1948. The project, initially started as part of the Works Progress Administration, was used to employ professional mathematicians to compute complex mathematical problems like logarithms. She earned a PhD in algebraic geometry from Cornell University and would lead the project in performing calculations for the military and for the Manhattan Project. In 1943, Ruth Leach Amonet was hired as the first female vice president at IBM. And from what I could gather in my research, she is one of very few women to reach the executive level at this company. In 1947, Irma Wyman worked on missile guidance and, along with Grace Hooper, discovered a prototype of the programmable Mark II computer. In 1948, Dorothy Vaughn was named as the first black supervisor of NACA's team of human computers. In 1950, Ida Rhodes co-designed C10 language for the UNIVAC, a computer used to calculate the census. And in 1952, United States Navy Rear Admiral Grace Hooper created a program known as Linker, formerly known as Compiler, which allowed for individuals to create programming language that resembled written words. The Linker would then translate the words into ones and zeros for the computer to use to perform the designated task. Hooper also developed a language referred to as Flomatic, originally known as B0, or Business Language Zero, which was a data processing language created in 1959 that led to the creation of COBOL, or Common Business-Oriented Language. Today, COBOL is widely used on mainframe computers for large-scale financial firms, government agencies, and hospitals. In 1958, the team of women computers at NASA solved orbital calculations for Explorer 1, the first satellite launched into space by the United States. In 1961, Dana Uleri became the first female engineer at NASA's Jet Propulsion Labs, where she developed a real-time tracking system, which served as a springboard for further development of the Global Positioning System, otherwise known as GPS. In 1962, Jean Samet developed the FORMAC programming language and would later publish the book Programming Languages, History and Fundamentals, which was utilized as the standard guide of the time. In 1974, Elizabeth Feinler developed a format for internet host names. The list eventually turned into the domain name system. So every time you type .com or .org, you can thank Feinler and her team. Believe it or not, women were actually initially encouraged to apply to be programmers or computers. Before it was an in-demand job classification, Individual employers utilize things like aptitude tests to evaluate an applicant's ability to think logically, the only true requirement at the start of programming. At the beginning, there was very little formalized training for programmers. Stanford didn't even have a computer science department until 1965, well into the space race. The original programmers had to do everything by hand on paper, no keyboards or monitors for them. 
They would then write out their code on paper and take it to a typist who would create a punch code on cards, which would then be fed into a reader. The computer would then read that program and produce results typed out onto a printer. Talk about too many cooks in the kitchen. The job was so popular with women that by 1960, one in four programmers were women. Data showed women in computer and mathematical professions were 27% in 1960. They reached a peak of 35% in 1990, but plummeted to 26% in 2013. So what prompted the shift? Studies traced the change to 1984 with the advent of the personal computer. For the first time, people could access a computer at home prior to attending school and develop their knowledge of coding and programming. The research found that boys were more likely to be gifted personal computers and were told to experiment more so than girls. This led to the boys in college classes having more exposure to programming and coding than their female counterparts, a marked difference than in the decades before. Employers also began moving away from a pure merit-based hiring system and instead started looking for individuals who they felt would eventually make good managers, and the prevailing thought was that men were better leaders than women. Software development also increased in status over the years, eclipsing hardware. As a result, more men wanted in on the positions that were higher paying and allowed for more prestige on the resumes. One can hope that the pendulum will swing the other way, and these are just some of the many, many contributions made by women in the field of computing and programming. There is a great book I would recommend, When Computers Were Human, by David Allen Greer. So, the next time you hit up a website or wonder about the amazing technology behind a graphing calculator, give thanks to the women who led the charge. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Civics and Coffee. If you want to hear more small snippets from American history, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining me, and I look forward to our next cup of coffee together. Mm-hmm.